I just realized we didn't decide who was going to open it. Like, I guess you could open a beer, or I could oh, say shit. hi, friends, uh, but uh, I, I don't know which. Uh, it, it's too on, late now. We've started. Hang on, I'm going to see how hard. How hard and no. I'm going to see how hard I can suck on this thing. Hang on. Oh yeah, I guess if we're, we'll tease our, our our beverages. How about yeah? Yeah, that's how you open. And, and also now, Al, you've got a recording of uh, Matt saying, "I want to see how hard I can suck on this thing." Oh please, <laughs> it's not even the first time that's happened. Oh, I have so many recordings like that. I'm can, building a soundboard of things that Matt says. Like that. He, he can put together he can his own YouTube. Uh, he can do his own YouTube of me hooking up with Sherlock and Doctor Holmes or Doctor Holmes. Doctor Holmes. <laughs> Doctor Holmes. <laughs> you were thinking of Doctor Hooves because you're such a brony. Ah, <laughs> uh, why would you do that to me? I don't know. Why would you out me on national podcast? <laughs> I just threw you under the pony bus. No, international uh, podcast. Ooh, that's Good call. Cool. Three countries. Yeah. Well, and and four represented if you count Irish Gav as being Irish. Indeed. Which I suppose we should because it's part of his name. <laughs> the entire Commonwealth and America. This is, I suppose we can continue just rambling like this. <laughs> this it is, is what the people expect. It we is. We rambled like this for an hour and then, and then just mentioned that most episodes yeah. are shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save some time. Do, do we want to call this the second annual? Because that sort of locks us into doing this again. And I don't know I'm, if uh, I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, I'm... Go. It's, it's uh, done. Uh, we've signed the contracts. Fine. <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> the amazing power of the internet. <laughs> well, that is how we all know each other. We're from That's the right. internet. This is the second <laughs> annual post-atomic horror drunken time travel crossover. Actually, crossover number three, if that makes any damn sense. Yeah. <laughs> because we because yes. we did two last year. Yes. Last year we gave each other what we thought were the exemplary examples of of our corresponding shows, and uh, this year we decided to do it the other way. Yeah. Yep. Since we're from the I, internet, we have to we have to do the shit shows now. Oh yeah, there has to be spite. <laughs> Absolutely yep. has to be spite. And also, there should be lists of things. Oh, there's lots of lists. Mm-hmm. Irish Gavin and I have that covered. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I I think I prefer watching the good episodes. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. say that right now. Yeah, I, I, it's unusual, but I feel the same way. <laughs> we uh, when Matt and I finished our Doctor Who episode, which we'll be doing after you guys uh, cover your Star Trek episode, Matt said mm. uh, we should have chosen something much much worse for them. Yep. What, what would you have chosen? <laughs> you should have. You know, I don't I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Plato stepchildren. Plato stepchildren. <laughs> Was Plato stepchildren worse than Shades of Grey? Uh, Plato's Stepchildren is a better review episode than Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey is just a piece of shit clip episode. I suppose that's true, but but if you give someone like English Gav, who has a difficult time remembering previous episodes, <laughs> a flashback show. <laughs> well, the nice thing is then he can go, I don't remember watching any of these. That's true. It, it would actually be more entertaining for him because it wouldn't just be repeating the same stuff. Exactly. That's a good Why point. are they showing clips of a different show? <laughs> Where's that guy's beard? What's that guy's name? Where am I? <laughs> Read just I like think... the equivalent of a seizure to him. <laughs> wow. Um, but we did pick a, a particularly not great episode for you. It's yep. just it's it doesn't quite stack up to the to the thing that you sent us. So I would say you win. <laughs> yes, that was the most important part. We can go now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But we, we did give you one that's uh, that we've certainly mined a certain uh, vein of humor out of for quite some time, and that would be uh, Skin of Evil. Skin of Evil. Skin of Evil, you guys. Hey. 
the aforementioned arms. Yes. <laughs> aforementioned and aforementioned and aforementioned. Foreman <laughs> <Form> armus. <laughs> Somebody get me a hard hat. Why don't Why don't you guys tell us what you? Uh, maybe not what you thought. Maybe maybe uh, how angry you got. That's going to be full. Well, it was just dull. Why don't we do the uh, pretend synopsis cut? Why don't we indeed? Yeah, see? Property. <laughs> Hailing frequencies open. The Enterprise is going to meet Troy after she's been to a conference, but her shuttle is inexplicably damaged and they end up crashing on Viber 2. So the Enterprise warps there as soon as the engineering realigned the warp engines. They couldn't have travelled to before the shuttle was damaged? Oh, that's right. It can only travel in space and not time. <laughs> Riker and co. beam down, but there's nothing on the planet but a puddle of tar. Really, no caves or anything. Unfortunately for them, the puddle of tar is a dick. Though, in fairness to the tar, it kills Tasha. It introduces itself as Armus and then chats to Troy for a bit, but understandably gets bored. Dr. Crusher begs to tend to the injured in the shuttle. Armus agrees if she says pretty please with sugar on top. But since they don't have sugar in the future, he just lets her talk to her. Audio only. So, like a reconstruction? For an encore, he takes up Jordy's visor so he's blind and he doesn't tell him where it is. What a japester. And now, the conclusion. This Armist dude then tells his secret origin story. Some beings called Titans basically decided they didn't like their bad side, all those evil feelings and shit, so purged them from themselves into a skin of evil which they shed, and then fucked off and left this evil skin half-stranded on the planet. Then Troy makes him angry, so he captures Riker. To make things worse, Picard comes down and refuses to play with him, forcing him to make his own entertainment again. But he gets bored quickly and lets Riker go. In return for helping him get off the planet, he agrees to let Picard see Troy. Then Picard makes him angry again by starting a discussion on the true meaning of evil. And if he murders them now, he won't be able to leave. And so he's not going to take him anymore. Anyway. As he's distracted by this logic puzzle, as though he's a computer from the original series, the Enterprise beams away Troy and Co. And Picard, leaving him all alone again. And all he wanted was some friends. So lonely. <laughs> Picard sticks a do not enter sign on the planet, thereby inviting all passerbys to visit the planet. And then they hold a funeral service for Tasha, but only senior staff members can go. Hailing frequencies closed. Senior staff members and Wesley. Oh, right. <laughs> it is Rainbow Jumper of Delight. Ah, uh, uh, see, we figured out that Rainbow Jumper. It's got uh, each, each stripe represents a different uh, department that he could be working in. It's got the red, the yellow, and the blue on it. So it's a rainbow of failure, is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's exactly what he could have been doing. <laughs> Irish Kev, I'm amazed that you made a reference to Tar and did not tie it to Superman 3. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yes. I, that's why I made the reference to Tar, but I couldn't really think <laughs> how to link. How to link the two. That's why everyone's just saying, Superman 3! <laughs> well, I, I read it between the lines, so I suppose that's good enough. But uh, yet, yet again, this is another podcast you and I have done where we mentioned Superman 3. So of course. <laughs> so stay tuned to their Superman 3 podcast. When we just talk about Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Well, that's how our Star Trek show started. We, we started a general comedy show where we couldn't shut up about Star Trek. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't that's start a Simpsons podcast. That's true. That would have just been me reading quotes. Yeah, it's really hard to do. Uh, it's really hard to focus on a show that's so quotable like that. We've tried that a few times. It just... Yeah, we did the Homestar Runner one, and it was a disaster. <laughs> yep. 
Yes. And then they quit. Yep. Because of that podcast. Probably. That's right. <laughs> Look, we're 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 big influences on the on the internet. We're uh we're big wheels down at the cracker factory. God damn it. <laughs> Did you guys hear those uh those sarcastic voyage guys are gonna make a uh they're gonna make an episode about us. Oh, they didn't. Well, close down the Homestar Runner factory. <laughs> oh. We're making crackers instead. Uh, I'm out of work. Oh no! Hey, That's almost guys. the armist voice. Hey everybody! I, I'm I watched, out of work. I watched about half of this episode. I intended to watch it all, and unfortunately, I got distracted, or fortunately, before we started. And I forgot how terrible the real armist voice is because we've been doing our yep. own version of it for so long. <laughs> but w- would you guys say it sounds evil to you? <laughs> No. It's got a voice of evil. <laughs> it's sort of like this. Bah, I'm going to kill you. Bah. Just just terrible. Stay out of Riverdale. He <laughs> sounds like a jock. Yes. Yes, he very much does. It's like he's going to shove Picard in a locker. He sounds like a but jock, but he also what, sounds... That's all his character is. It's just a bully. Well, yes! He's just... Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so English Gav, you you tend to focus on the more scientific aspects of things. So how scientific is a living time. puddle of tar made of evil? Oh. Yeah, exactly. How is there is there a quantifiable scientific measurement for evil? <laughs> <laughs> yes, E equals M C squared. <laughs> Is that what the E stands for? Oh, I never knew that. Evil. <laughs> well, if there were, this guy's not even going to rate on the scale. Really? How come? It wasn't really that evil. But truly, it, was, it was just a bully. It wasn't yeah. evil, per se. He's just, just kind, kind of, of a dickish chump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surely chump. everything should be on the scale. Well, yes. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so on the, the lower end of the scale. <laughs> it should be, it's it's, like, a, point it's like a list. <laughs> everything <laughs> should be on it. Right, it's like a it's like a continuum, not the Q continuum. <laughs> the evil continuum. The evil continuum. Well, it could be exactly. So Q is on the evil continuum and the Q continuum. So if there was oh, a Venn diagram of continuums, he would be in the middle. <laughs> that may be the nerdiest thing you've ever said. Oh, I love Venn diagram. Superman three Venn- and Venn diagrams. That's me. <laughs> and your Superman three Venn diagram. Oh, <laughs> a Venn diagram of continuums. Would it be continua? <laughs> Would, would that be the, uh, the the plural form of continuum? Continuum. 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 We keep not talking about this episode, which is what <laughs> tends sure to happen do. when. Uh... God, tell us your good thing. My good thing. I'm well. I'm going to have to go with the the actual premise of the story. It's really yes. I am. It's hmm? it, it is the type of Star Trek story that I like. The the face with an unknown enemy they've never seen before, trying to work it out. And I suppose in that regard, it's similar to the one we gave you when we gave you a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's just in this instance, it happened to be a puddle of tar. Yes. Right. As opposed, it, it, to, like, as opposed to a machine that can destroy entire galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Puddle of tar. Hey, guys. <laughs> you just can't resist, can you? I'm real threatening. A boogity boogity boo. <laughs> so easy to boogie man from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hmm. So, but in general, you like the you like the premise. You like the I, 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 yeah. even to the point of the he's the embodiment of evil. Is that a is that a thing you enjoyed? <laughs> uh, 
Well, that was a bit silly. Well, yeah, I kind of agree with Gav. There's almost a good story in somewhere um, about the nature of evil and such and such. Uh, well, it does feel a bit Doctor mm. Who in a way, because mm. Doctor Who doesn't quite fancy itself as much of a sci-fi show. Like, you can do stories about evil from yeah. Doctor Who, because it's it's a little more flexible. You can definitely like, see it in the scene with uh, Picard and the puddle. Mm-hmm. Also, Picard and the puddle will make a great children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Where the, where the puddle has to, has to somehow get his approval. <laughs> even, well, even Paul, you've envisaging, tried very... Envisaging that word. In the sequel, Data in the Puddle. Data Oof. in the Puddle. Yeah. Then he just short out. A- any... <laughs> yeah. well, you get a That's whole series of them going. There's Troy... quite a bit of danger in that story. Troy in the mm-hmm. Puddle, where she devolves into a fish. Oh. Yep. Jordy in the Puddle, where he goes, Why am I wet? <laughs> Riker in the puddle where he's like hey this is alright Jordan in the this. puddle where there's a puddle on the hollow deck All right. and he ends up going up with it hey I'm into this I even, even watching the first half of this I realized just how much the show changed from season one like these characters aren't acting anything like the way I remembered because yeah. it was so early on and I forgot that Jordy's entire job was to look at stuff yeah <laughs> so this is jo- yeah <laughs> Is up. this the one where they strap the camera to him? <laughs> no, it's no, not. No, but, yeah. he did ha- but he did, they did beam him down just so he could look at the puddle to see if he could yep. see anything. <laughs> they sent him down on the away team, and he's doing all this, looking at it from different angles, craning his head, crouching, just trying to trying to see what it is. Yep, it sure is tar, sir. What are you going, Jordy? <laughs> it's a puddle. <laughs> I really wish he'd poke Stay it with a stick. <laughs> I've read the book. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the dialogue is just awful. That's, it my, really that's is. my bad thing. Mm. It, it is like I cannot tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it is not. And Riker, it just says, "Explain." Really, he needs that explained. Uh, yeah, it seems pretty. It is not uh, a bacon sandwich. <laughs> it is not. Hang on, I got a list here. I can tell you and that would be that would be consistent with early season one data too, because he's always just reading off lists of things. Yep. <laughs> it is not an so A aardvark. <laughs> They're not good lists, though. No. So the internet. There's a a, uh, continuum of lists. And now Data's cracked top ten list of things this puddle isn't. (laughs) (laughs) This this puddle used one weird trick to kill an Enterprise crewman. (laughs) Find out what it is here. (laughs) This puddle is a murder. (laughs) (laughs) I was amazed rewatching it also that Tasha was killed... Not even by a rock. We've been giving that rock credit this yeah. whole time. And it just, no, it was it, a rock lobster. It wasn't a rock. <laughs> I can tell it you just, what it is not. It is not a rock lobster. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of threw her to the ground. Yep. Like, it, it looks like she tripped and fell on her face. Like, I don't really get how she died from that. Yeah, I remember talking about when we did this one. that she died from, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that weird little scribbly thing on her face. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It gave her birthmark and she died. <laughs> Matt, what were you saying? I just like the idea of Tasha uh, passing out and uh, Armas writing insert dicks here on her face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I remember when when, uh, when we did this the first time I talked about how the fact that they killed the main character so, like... So early weakly. on. Well, so early on and so just pathetically. Yeah, that's true. I, I and looking have back, a problem with that. No, that could have been cool. Because not everyone's going to die with a heroic death. No. It's like she goes out like a red... Yeah, like she goes out like a red shirt. Yeah, Yeah. which she kind of is. Yeah. 
So that makes sense. We didn't really have a one head of security character in, in the original series, did we? No. I think it was technically Scotty or maybe Chekhov. Yeah, we were never clear what Chekhov was supposed to do. <laughs> That's okay, neither is he. No, and I'm pretty sure people have written in to tell us, and I still don't know. No. <laughs> you were, you're definitely right about the dialogue, Gav. There, there's, there's some really just terrible... Like, there's a scene early on where uh, Worf and Tasha are talking, and they're kind of establishing, hey, Tasha has a friend, so you should feel bad when she dies. <laughs> <laughs> and I can feel Michael Dorn not acting as well as I think he can, because... Just I, it must just have been the script. It was just so wooden. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that whole scene is just to say, hey, th- th- this person has actual is an actual character, and look at it, look at her depth. Uh, right, would just give her a shirt before that... this episode. That would have been a bit better. Then she yeah. might not have quit. Yeah. it's like why don't we give her a shirt that just says "I matter" on it? <laughs> <laughs> Get the point across a lot easier. Because mm. she was talking about doing karate or something, and Worf saying that she was favored in the ship's pool. Yeah, right. the Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't die. I'm a main character. My name's in the credits. And they leave her name in the credits for the rest of the season. Just so yep. that, always, that always really bugged me. Should put a little R.I.P. over it. <laughs> just an asterisk. Yep. I know they end. She's dead. Asterisk. <laughs> And, and of course, we've talked about this on, on Post-Atomic Horror before, the fact that she left for a great movie career, did one movie, and then just sort of flailed for a while. She should have just stayed where she was. Yep. What was doing really okay. Do? What's that, Gav? What movie did she do? Do we know? Oh, uh, uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Which, admittedly, good movie. Yeah, not a bad movie at all, but not worth ruining your career over. No. She could like, film during the summer. TV series is a sweet gig, man. Yeah, it really is. It's a syndication. See, and I, I, I'm retrospectively more angry at this episode now because it meant that Sela, her Romulan rape baby, yep. kept coming back. Well, yeah, because humans keep showing up when you least expect them. Oh, what a God. great line. Is there oh. another name for baby that begins with R? Hmm? Uh, oh, the, the, the lack of alliteration there is yeah, kind of bugging you. Could, you, know? you could have you could, you could tell us that's a free alliteration there. <laughs> well, if she was the smallest one of the uh, of the batch, she yeah. would have been a runt, uh, Romulan runt rape baby. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but you still got that baby in there. You just have to do the Romulan rape runt. <laughs> Romulan rape runt rascal. See, and now, you're, now you sound like Scooby-Doo. There we go. Romulan, <laughs> Romulan rape rug rot. There you go, yes. Um, Glad we settled that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was important, important business that really needed to be uh, sorted. All right, so that's been the crossover. Good night, folks. <laughs> uh, do you have a good thing, Kev? Do yeah, Kev, Irish do you have Kev? a good thing? Oh me. Yeah, sure. Oh, he already gave no, it. Did. No, you did no, this I have one. To look. Yeah, uh, I said it was just a uh, nature of evil. That was almost oh, right, a good right. story. Yeah. But you, so you like the potential of it, even it had, though it didn't it really had, deliver it had the potential. Almost some potential, mm. right? But then it did. But then, then <laughs> right, the last minute, it almost of potential. Not, not as in the, the science definition of potential. Do you have a good it, thing? Is that? another definition? Do you have a good thing? Is it? Do oh, does it almost mean potential? potential? What about your bad thing? My bad thing. Yeah, I'll go with the resolution of the story. Mm. Basically, just distract the puddle so that you can beam them off. So would you have preferred them to maybe try to outthink it or maybe reason with it or Yeah. I think anything's better than look over there. 
hit the wits against it, outthink it and do something rather than just a, a sneak transporter attack on him when he's not looking. <laughs> That's a good point. And then and it's still there at the end. It's not like yep. they defeated well, yeah. it either. Well, at the end, they, uh, they fire a photon down and destroy the shuttle. Now, oh. now if the puddle was still right next to them, next to the shuttle, it's, <laughs> right. it's pretty much dead now anyway. They could have just phasered it from, from orbit just to be sure anyway. Well, yeah. well, maybe they made a deep well where they shot it and now he's in it. Now he's got a hole to live in, a yeah. nice little hole. <laughs> the puddle in the hole. In a hole in a ground lived an armus. <laughs> well, if they shot it from an angle, well, it could be a cave. Ooh, <laughs> now we're getting back into Doctor Who territory. <laughs> Would not so, want to run through there. Live in a cave. But that made it better if there was a cave. <laughs> I do really yeah. feel like, like I say, though, like this feels sort of like it could be a Doctor Who type episode. Has there been one, to your knowledge, Featuring where you deal the with the sort of embodiment of evil sort of thing? Probably, but off the top of my head, I can't say. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm asking you to remember 50 years worth of continuity <laughs> on the spot here, I realize. The master? The ma he's not evil. He's just misunderstood. Daleks, really, they're the... They're there, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're, the they're just like the tiny ormuses in... in oh, God. <laughs> Exterminate! <laughs> but, like, do they do they know that they're evil? No, they're Like, if they're going, ah, we're evil. I think they know that they're very angry. Well, yes, but there's a difference between the two things. Yeah, because very rarely get characters that are evil that say they're evil. That, that's one of the things I hate for, about this episode. Yeah, Armus is the only one. Watch out, you guys! I'm really evil. <laughs> and that was that was my problem with it. You know, when when we watched it in the first place, was evil isn't yep. isn't the thing. It, no. It's it's a you know, without getting too philosophical, it's a it's a label we made up. Yeah, you can't take evil out of something. No, it's it doesn't. As far as I know, scientifically exist as a as a thing. It can't so just they be like, well, planet. Doesn't make, that make them evil? And that's a little evil. That's yeah, little, but it's also a little Kirk. <laughs> so what you're oh. saying is that was Kirk's skin of evil. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's actually a little Doctor Who as well. I'm, I've, I've ruined this planet, and now I'm just going <laughs> to leave it. <laughs> so long, one, suckers. That's the one thing we 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 noticed yeah. when we did the crossover last year was uh, the Doctor operates very similarly to Captain Kirk, which is uh, all right. I've meddled enough now. I'm just going to leave things in ruins and go on my way. <laughs> always yeah, more planets to mess with. Yeah, yeah, he's always there to bring down uh, regimes, but never there for building them afterwards. Nope. No, no, he just comes to to you and know mess things up. Whoa! Ah, topical. So topical. <laughs> topical. Yeah, that's so topical. What about those, oh. those clowns in anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Considering we're we're reviewing a, a, a couple of shows that are thirty years old each, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, that's as topical as we're going to get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what else? Well, another thing about Armus is he's more like Silver Age Armus. That he seemed to have all the superpowers ever. <laughs> he was able to. He, he just. There's nothing he couldn't do. He could, he could beam people's faces around and or their visors and mm -hmm. take over people and leap yeah. over tall buildings in a single bound. Block he could communication. Do, yeah, he things. could do that. He, he could do everything. Block transporters. Be a puddle. Everything except beam. <laughs> Be a puddle. 
He's an Olympic level puddle. <laughs> Secret superpowers owned only by him and Alex Mack. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's fine. That's, uh, right. that's a 90s reference as well. Yeah. Ah, no, I forget the 90s. And I think he must have been a Doctor Who fan as well, because the shape he chose, chooses when he stands up, it looks just like a nice warrior draped in tan. To me. Really? Really? I think the build and everything is the facial contours and everything. It looks like the Ice Warriors mask. Oh. It just looks like one to me. Is that yeah. is that a classic episode or a more recent one? A uh, classic episode. Ah, one that you guys have done. Oh, yeah, look at that. Both. Oh, huh. Well, both, yeah. It's classic. I like this one's helmet. New series as well. Very nice. Yeah, I, and, and, which begs the question: How come Armist isn't in the next Star Trek movie? Like, how come, how come this villain isn't coming back for the more modern stuff? Listen, we'll get there. <laughs> Will we? By Star Trek Four, it'll be all Armist all the time. All right. <laughs> Except they won't say he's Armist. They'll say his name is Jimmy Smits. Yeah, if John Harrison had been revealed to be Armist, that would have been good. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, but Benedict Cumberbatch would have to do the voice. Even better. <laughs> I am uh, Armus, you guys. I am not John Harrison. I am well, Armus. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have sort of a melty face. Oh, I set you up for that. That was that was a little too easy. Now I'm going to jump from one spaceship to another. <laughs> Splat. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible Armist could be a changeling, just a really, really shit changeling. <laughs> I'm part of the Great Link, you guys. Odo could come down and laugh at him. Yeah, exactly. Look, I could even make a face. What's wrong with you? So, uh, you're a bit shit. That's yep. all. Goodbye. Yep. So long. I like, I like you have a note here, Gav, about Leland T. Lynch. That's the, yeah, that's the name of the engineer for that week. Yeah, and Picard he, he calls down to engineering. Leland T. Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> Leland T. Lynch here, sir. <laughs> really, am I supposed to be impressed by that? <laughs> well, he's a descendant of Flonk, right? And Brian. <laughs> no, just Flonk. Just I can't understand. I don't understand it either. But here we are. Oh, fair enough. It could be Le- it could be Flonk and Brian. That would just be weird. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. that weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh... Yeah, the, the other thing I want to talk about was there's no money in the future, so no. they don't have actual wills, they just have emotional wills now. Yeah, or, that's true. To Wharf, I leave my sadness. I recorded this conveniently enough. I leave all my evil to Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if Tasha left her ev- left all her evil to the planet. <laughs> Way to make it better, Tasha. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Amos... My Except- only regret is that I'll never get to see you grow into the fine young man I know you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing she said about Wesley would be an exceptional man. That's just a lie. I've seen his Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cheap could- shot, but a good one. <laughs> and she's talking about excellence. In- I mean, is this a job interview or a will? <laughs> She's, I think we talked about this before. Like, I guess everyone in Starfleet records their own will or, you know, this this sort of hologram thing. Like, I don't know, every day just to make sure. If I die today, I got to... I got yeah, to... they, like, that thing must get updated, like, all the time because she just got to this ship. Yeah, they, it was, like, only episode 20 or so. Yeah. 
That, well, cool. the one she recorded, she talked about being best friends with all of them. She's going to miss them and Troy and her being, you know, really close and everything. So uh-huh. she, she actually recorded this one for use two years in the future, but they just downloaded <laughs> this one by accident. That makes oh, maybe sense. she's got a sempl- set template where she's just insert name here. <laughs> <laughs> and to you, <Yeah>. blank. <laughs> so well, someone yeah, else like... dies, and then it's just Tasha again, but they use different names. <laughs> Well, it's it's the future, so the computers are smart enough to see who's present at the funeral and then mm-hmm. insert the correct names. Yeah. That makes sense. So really, Tasha had nothing to, at all to do with the will. No, not at all. <laughs> I just picture her in her quarters. God, I hate these guys. I hope, I hope I don't leave them anything in my will. <laughs> she, had, she had nothing to do with the episode, so why would she have anything to do with the will? She really didn't. She had that one conversation with Worf, then she beams down and sucks and dies. Yep. <laughs> the end. And everyone's like, okay, let's not be sad because we have to resolve the episode first. Right. And then everyone, oh, thank God, we don't have to be sad. Oh, good. <laughs> so I, I got to know, you guys have both seen a fair amount of Star Trek between you, English Gav, whether you remember or not. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the worst episode you've seen? No. Me? No. 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 Neither no. of you. No. No, not the worst he's seen either. No. Is it even close? No. No. It is, it is bad, but it's no uh, It's no fair haven. Yeah. Ah, so you're you're going into Voyager now. I'm going right? into Voyager. Would you like me to discount Fuck. Voyager? Uh, Almost yeah. anything on Voyager. <laughs> That's what makes me sad, is that you guys are better qualified to pick shitty episodes of Star Trek than we are. Yeah, that is a good point. And I only watched the last two series of it recently. You watched the last four. Yeah. Oh, God. At your request. <laughs> you were like... Oh, this is the, oh, it gets good. This is when I watch it, and this and, and it gets good. How much, much prep did you think you needed for this? <laughs> yeah, no, discounting Voyager. Let's just keep it to okay. say next gen. Okay, next gen. Okay, probably yeah. Because I mean, well, this, I did this is... slightly enjoy this despite its faults. You did, <laughs> yeah. But you're just like into S and M or something. Um, I must be. Well, man, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> Why would you um, think the, the worst episode I, of TNG? Then? I can't name him, unsurprisingly. What, what, okay, what, maybe what, not what, by title, title but surely... What happened? Think. The yeah, one where... You're on the spot. I don't know. What about the one where Beverly had sex with a ghost? You liked you like that one as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, that's right. You... Th- that was all right as well. I think okay, that was one of the reasons we didn't pick that. Did you hate that? No, that was great. Oh, you liked that one. I wasn't sure yeah. that we were in opposite world. <laughs> Well, we are a bit in opposite world in that he... Did you ever resolve your feelings for Captain Picard? Because you you said for a long time that he was he <laughs> was kind dick. of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't really I the fan of Picard go, that the rest of us were. I was going to go... Trying to go down that route with the, the synopsis on this one. He wasn't that much in it, though, was he? No. Uh, no, just when he came down and uh, it was a dick to Armas. Yeah. Well, he was dick to... He was a dick to evil. Yeah. <laughs> A Dick to Evil would be a really good Doctor Who uh, episode title. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was just really the first few uh, episodes, really. What of TNG? Yeah, Yeah, the whole first season, just, they were, where you know, we, and we talked about this a lot. It took a while to grow into yeah. the characters and all that sort of thing. And I suppose this isn't any worse than Space Africa or uh, Planet Where Wesley gets sentenced to death and everyone's in their underwear. Oh, yeah, that's a real turd. Okay, Gav, what about Ariel? You remember the one where there was the dog that did it? Oh, Aquiel. 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 Uh, I remember the jokes, 
about the dog that did it. Yeah. Yay! I'm scared, Jordy! You don't remember that? Matt, I call that a victory if people don't remember the episodes, but they remember our jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you should, be, you should be doubly happy that Gav remembers your jokes. I, I think the episode was just so uninspiring and boring that I've just purged it from memory. Probably for the best. I wish I could. Which I seem to have done with quite a lot of mm. TNG. <laughs> I'm like that every day and I realize you live here. <laughs> Anything with moldy rebels in it. Moldy rebels? Yeah, moldy rebels. No, no, I think I... <laughs> no, those just watched are that on terrible. DS9, actually. Yeah, we did. It was, uh... You did, actually, yeah. And it was Mike from Breaking Bad who played Yeah, very moldy. <laughs> yep. Listen, Walter. <laughs> very moldy. <laughs> I don't think I want to listen to that. <laughs> All right, so we should probably start wrapping this up. Any any final thoughts from either of you on this? Uh, let me see. Yeah, the bit with Worf, he suddenly becomes security guy, and he makes a point of saying in front of Picard that he wants to remain on the ship because he thinks that's where he'll best be best used now. <laughs> It, well, it seems like he, the captain's decision to me. Yeah, he just says it right in front of Picard. Says, oh, did you want a Scooby snack for that or something? <laughs> oh, good job, Worf. You won. <laughs> well, that's what the sash is for. Yeah. It's his best <laughs> Worf award. Yep. <laughs> best, best sash. <laughs> best in sash. But, yeah, um, do you have anything, Gus? Uh, no, that's about it, really. Very well. Have you quotes for us? Yes, I have a quote. It's, uh, my quote is, sums up pretty much drunken drive time travel if it was done on TNG, and it goes like this. Okay, it went like that, but did it go thusly? (laughs) No, you go, when you do it, you're going thusly. Oh, right. You see. Oh, of course. He needs to, he needs to see you folks. Right. Oh, yeah. They have to. They have to say "see you, folks." That's great. Don't forget. That's important. The show can't end until you say that. Never forget. <laughs> what are you the, um, uh, the the corporate account for uh, Spaghettios? <laughs> you know that's timely. Uh, English guy, you got a quote for us? Uh, yes, I'll go with the. It's pretty much the closing quote of the episode. I think uh, where Data's talking to Picard. Is it? Yeah, he's the captain. Yes, he's the bald one. <laughs> yeah, he's, t- he's talking to that bald dude. I'm, I don't know what he does. <laughs> that bald yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you're on time with Armas? Could yeah. be. Where Where's my just, hair? He's best <laughs> Sir, the purpose of this gathering confuses me. Oh, how so? My thoughts are not for Tasha, but for myself. Well, he's learning to become more human every day, and that's that's <laughs> definitely a big part of it, being a selfish dick. <laughs> Good for you, Data. You're becoming more of a selfish dick every day. Every right. day. All right, well, that's that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stalling because... We're at the, the sort of first midpoint, sort of. Do we want to do the beverage thing first? Well, I believe I think as we begin our our segment, we should uh, say what we have, and then uh, isn't right. it traditional to then stop about halfway into that and uh, discuss the beverage itself? Is that do I have that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, Matt, you ready? Yeah, let's rock. 
The you don't beverages need us we... for this, right? Um, <laughs> no, you can see yourself out. No, no, it's totally fine. All right, they gave us the twin dilemma. Yep. Which uh, I did a little bit of research, and yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this is commonly rated among fans as the worst episode, or sometimes the second worst, next to the one that crossed over with EastEnders. <laughs> so there's that. Matt, why don't you start us off? I suppose it could have been worse. It could have been Coronation Street. That's true. Crossed over with Doctor mm. Which have been running about the same amount of time. I think this is the highlight of my year now. Reading <laughs> the uh, post-atomic horror synopsis of a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> it is a very strange world for us because you—you've seen these Star Trek episodes. This this stuff is new to us. Yeah. All right, Matt, kick it off with part one. one part two. one: Night of the Day of the Death of the Doctor of Death. Webs. <laughs> so we open on some weird planet, Earth, I guess, with two color-coordinated twins named Womulus and Wemus, because of course they are. The twins are super geniuses, Wiley Coyote style, so it's a real goddamn shame when they both get kidnapped by some old guy in a puzzle robe. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the TARDIS, the Doctor has just regenerated into kind of a dick weirdo. His companion, the clearly American from America, Perry, is a little <laughs> upset by his new persona because, A, he's an insane dickhole who alternates between insulting her and trying to strangle her, and two, because he has the fashion sense of... Actually, I have no earthly idea what he has the fashion sense of, because literally nobody in the universe has ever dressed like this. He looks like a parrot flew through a ceiling fan. <laughs> anyway, after his attempted murder, the Doctor decides to take Perry to some shitty asteroid where he can sit around thinking about how good he looks and fun new ways to kill his companion. Back on Earth, the authorities have been alerted to the twins' kidnapping and have sent out a fleet of creepy twin retrieval ships. They are basically instantly killed off-screen by giant slug monster slash he-man name have or Mestor and his army of bird owl crow horned Klingon guys I don't know anyway the ships just happen to crash on the asteroid that the doctor and Perry are exploring there's one exp bleh, there's one survivor and Perry insists on helping him because well I guess because she seems like a nice person so they take him back to the TARDIS where he promptly pulls a gun on the doctor which honestly makes a lot of sense right now the moral of this story, if your doctor wakes up with the, with taste this bad, uh, feel free to skip to the next one. All right, by some kind of synopsis. For part two, The Screaming Wilderness. In a thrilling payoff to the cliffhanger, the lieutenant decides not to shoot the doctor after all, but instead opts for a nice lie down on the floor of the TARDIS. <laughs> Meanwhile, the bad guys, who if Matt didn't mention, look like the relatives of Crankor from Prince of Space. Ha! Ah! Ah! Inspect the wreckage of the police ships that got destroyed. No trust us, they really did. And have a five-minute discussion about which door they'll use to go out of. <laughs> uh, Womulus and Wemus steadfastly refuse to perform their math magic, but Edgeworth insists and explains why. I assume he does anyway. I still have no idea why these twins and their superhuman abilities with numbers are at all relevant to the episode or anything else. Maybe that's the twin dilemma? Back on the TARDIS, the Doctor heals the Lieutenant using... Okay, that's definitely not a sonic screwdriver. It's a sonic hammer, maybe? Possibly a sonic spoon? Then Perry opens a window, and the following conversation happens for approximately 90 <laughs> minutes. What's that? What? That? What? That? What? And so on, ad nauseum, etc., ad infinitum. Finally, the doctor decides to go investigate, and it's some kind of back door leading into long, dark corridors, like in that other episode we did that other time. 
Deciding that he's been brave for far too long now, the doctor panics, attempts to escape, but is captured by Crankor monsters. Ha! Oh, you know. <laughs> he's taken to Edgeworth, whom it turns out is an old friend of the doctor's called Asmael. This friendship doesn't seem worth much, though, which is to say Edgeworth slash Asmael beams away with the two boys and the Crankor guards, and they leave a ticking bomb behind. But the doctor has a plan for this! He beams Perry back to the TARDIS, then intends to follow right behind, but her watch stops, which means almost certain doom for the Doctor this time. Hey, maybe this was a super short regeneration. Don't ruin my hopes. The moral of this story is, there's no problem that an endless, pointless conversation can't prolong. Uh. Matt? Okay, so, March of the Exposition Penguins. Eggs. <laughs> so Perry and Lieutenant Baked Potato Britches watches the building the Doctor was stuck in explodes, and then Perry cries about it for... Well, for some reason. Anyway, it's alright because the doctor beams in a few seconds later and takes some time out of his busy schedule to tell Perry that she's stupid. Again. Then he takes the TARDIS to the planet Jaconda, where all this bullshit is supposed to be happening, and the trio get out to explore. The doctor is pissed, surprise, surprise, to discover that Jaconda has been turned into a kind of a shithole covered in Charlie Brown-style Christmas trees and giant <laughs> slime trails. So, it's a really good time for me personally to bail, because ugh, but alas, no. They find some poorly lit hieroglyphics about giant slugs to provide a little more exposition, and then, uh, in what is clearly a DTT slash PA tradition, Lieutenant Lang gets stuck to the floor. <laughs> Al and I utter a sigh almost as long as the Candyman himself was stuck to the ground. Anyway, the Doctor fucks off because he knows how this goes as well as we do, and meanwhile, Asmail, who I'm pretty sure was the cat from the Smurfs, explains to the twins that a giant slug, mon the giant slug monster, Mestor, wants to use their brains to figure out a way to make Jocasta less of a shithole. So the Doctor arrives and then goes strangle-crazy again on Asmail, and then Perry is captured by Crankors. The moral of this episode is... When you're exploring the wonders of the galaxy, bring shoes that are easy to remove. <laughs> I recommend Crocs. And finally, part four, the one doctor. Mestor decides that he finds Perry pleasing and doesn't kill her after all. Eventually, the right combination of characters is dragged to the right room to work out the logic, and I use logic in the strictest Adam West Batman sense of the word here, of Mestor's evil scheme. Apparently he wants to use highly complicated mathematical equations to hatch slug eggs and take over the universe. I may have missed a step or two, but that is essentially it. The, the phrase dry and rubbery is used to describe the slug eggs, and it occurs to me that dry and rubbery would have been the perfect synopsis for this entire epistory. Anyway, the doctor reacts to the exposition by splaying on a table for a while, and I do mean splaying, Ugh. and unsubtly pocketing several beakers of acid. Well, that won't come up later. Finally, presumably because someone at the BBC had the sense to make this not a five-parter, the Doctor and Asmael slash Edgeworth face off against Mestor. The rest get lost trying to find their way back to the TARDIS. The Doctor throws a vial of acid at Mestor, but nothing happens. So he does what this Doctor apparently does best, the same thing he just did. This one does the trick, and Mestor lives up to his name as he slowly melts into a pile of goo. <laughs> The episode continues to go on for an additional ten minutes for no very good reason, and then an entire society successfully destroyed, the Doctor and Perry go on their way. But first, a stirring speech from Six about how he's the Doctor whether you like it or not. No, seriously, that's what he actually says while actually looking into the camera. This episode and its primary protagonist literally dare you to hate it. Well, challenge accepted. The moral of this story is buggering off after destroying an entire culture is more fun when Kirk does it. Yep. So you like this one, then. Oh. Uh. <laughs> now, granted, I don't have the entire uh, the entirety of Doctor Who canon to compare this to. No. Oh, it's and, still uh, the worst. 
It's, it's, it's definitely it's the worst of anything I've ever seen. It's pretty. Is it worse than the Web Planet, which you guys notoriously don't like? Uh, yes. Really? The Web Planet mm. had its heart in the right place. They were mm. trying to do something different with the Web Planet. Don't look at me oh. like that. <laughs> but this they, was well, just they, awful. Well, they were clearly I'm, trying to do something different with this one too. Yeah, let's make the Doctor a dick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a murderous dick. Fans don't like him now. Why? What? What? what, what what's happened? We made him a <laughs> dick. Oh yeah. <laughs> what have we done? Now, how long are we when this from when this episode aired until the show just completely went away? Like, is this, is this what uh, caused it? Five years later. Okay, so there's still another doctor to go, right? Yeah, seven's my favorite. Yeah, there would be. Seven. Yeah, yeah, okay. the one we saw last time. Yes. Right. The Indeed. the rolling his R's one. Oh right, yes. the guy with the question mark. Yeah, we we're liked doing, him. We're doing this back. We're doing it in backwards. Next time, we'll give you a fifth doctor one. <laughs> I don't know who it's the fifth really. is, but I know who the fourth is. Let's let's just jump to four. <laughs> fifth is Celery Doctor. Or I can find oh, you an right, awful right. one as the fourth if you want. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> Wasn't he on the show for like seven years or something? Yep. Um, I, I, from what I read, I guess they wanted to make him a dick to begin with and then gradually make him nicer. Like give him a nice little arc where he becomes more likable, but he didn't stick around long enough for that to happen. Well, the problem well, is they, they should sack him. him. They, they sacked him eventually. Right. Yeah. But I, I read a quote from the actor himself. And that's what he said. He said, like, the idea was that I would be on for years and years, and eventually you would see that he had a heart of gold. Well, yeah, well, that's that, that he was on part. for a year. Right. <laughs> and they went on a long hiatus after this, didn't they? Well, the main problem is this This was the, the last story in that season. Normally they mm -hmm. have the regeneration at the very end of the season. That's yeah, a nice season. cliffhanger to keep you coming back for next time. Yeah, but <laughs> this, this time they decided to make it, let's do one more story with the, with the new Doctor. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, people aren't going to be bothered about the next series. You, so you've got to, you've is got to give them some reason to come back. Is he this much of a dick, like, during his entire stay? No. No. Uh, they, they, does he try to kill do, Perry again? <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> any other probably. companions. He does, he does uh, push someone into a bath of acid at some point. I don't oh, remember <laughs> No, no, he gets better. Well, he just pushes he, someone down. I don't know if he pushes them, or, but he doesn't generally try and help them anyway. Uh, <laughs> but he's still a bit rubbish. He's still a bit rubbish. Yeah. I'm do, far too and, handsome to not push you into a bath of acid. They do try and uh, tone down the whole Perry and the Doctor arguing after about the, the second year. Oh, thank <laughs> second year. Well, th they were trying to explain it away in this one due to regeneration process. No, but they continue that. to argue next yeah. series. And you gotta think, why are you still with him? Also, when he when you think he's dead, why are you crying? That was that bugged the hell out of me. Yeah, I didn't, like if he's dead, that means he'll come back as something less of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I seriously regenerate yeah. into Armus, and that would be better. <laughs> hey Perry, I'm the new doctor. Let's I'm... go on a space adventure through time. <laughs> I love that the TARDIS has this. I love that the TARDIS has this ridiculous wardrobe room. Yes, that and was I, great. I'm, I'm picturing your your Doctor Armist like trying to pick out the very best outfit in there as well. Don't well, I look good in my fetching hat? Well, this isn't the first well, time we've seen Janitor's closet, won't it? What? Pick out the best bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so Odo's bucket. Right. Yeah, they actually have Odo's bucket in there. Wow. It's the one that looks normal. That's a right. uh, Last it's, Crusade. 
<laughs> this is the cup of a carpenter. <laughs> this is a bucket of a constable. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's not the first time we've seen the ridiculous wardrobe room then. No, I remember when there was a fifth doctor. Yeah, he went in. He went in one. So is that a, is that Baker, sort of a common whenever, thing? Whenever he became the doctor, he went into the TARDIS and came out in, in various ridiculous outfits, but he never saw ah. the room. So that's sort of a tradition by this point, then, where when the Doctor regenerates, he looks for something new to wear. Yes. I like the idea of... I can't wear the old things. God, no. I I, I can't be seen by that face again. No. Well, they won't fit right, would they? He's a different body shape as well. That's true. Explain that away with science. Yeah, do it. Do it now! Magic. Magic. Ah, yes, magic science, of course. Oh, see, it's so much easier on Doctor Who because you do have, like I said before, you have that leniency. You have that, uh, not everything is strictly science fiction-y here. Uh, Timey-wimey, whatever. <laughs> yes. It's just, it, that's the nature of the show. It's not It's not concerned with, you know, making sense. I can't say it in a way that doesn't insult your show, and I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I, like, I still, I like, this, the, the episode made me want to watch more Doctor Who because I still like... That mm-hmm. sort of weird seven it's seventies, right? I think this is eighties. Is this eighties? This was nineteen eighties. I like that sort of like weird not seventies uh like campiness <laughs> that has got to it. Like this is something I would like to watch more of, but not this episode. No, it's a fun world that they're in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can I I hardly ever harp on the, the, the cheapness of the sets and the uh the aliens and stuff like that because I know they had almost no budget and I'll say what I said last time, they are fairly imaginative. Oh, yeah. With having, like, $10, they, they spread that $10 around, or, you know, I guess that would be, like, five pounds. Listen, they listen. They use $10 Foster to make that slug guy and then make him melt. That's... Right. No, they, they have almost no money, and I think they do a really good job of making the um, the beer open. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the indicator to talk about beverages? Oh, we could certainly do that. No, I just, I, I, I just wanted to say that it looks less cheap than, say, original Star Trek, which I think actually have more money. Yes. Um, yeah, let's talk about our beverages, Matt. What did uh, what did we end up deciding on? All right, well, we decided against getting uh, any kind of beer because you don't like them. Well, not just that. It was. It also was, you know, it's it's a matter of trying to get the same kind of stuff where you are and, and where I was. If there was yes. a beer called the Twin Dilemma, I would totally have just bought yes. it. Well, it's also 10.30 in the morning, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> so instead. Instead, we went to 7-Eleven and got Slurpees. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, 7-Eleven, as you might know, are numbers. <laughs> which ties into the mathematical aspect of it. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, before we went to the Seven Eleven, we spent a lot of time filling in little boxes. Yes, in our in our matching gr- red and green sweaters. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on that, I got a combination of I got a green and red Slurpee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I got the same one that I always get, which is cola flavored and, and cherry flavored. Right. I'm sure yours tastes good. Yes, it does. <laughs> Quite tasty. Yeah, mine tastes like shit. <laughs> well, you got the you got the skin of evil Slurpee, so that ties in nicely. Yep, the skin sh- of evil probably would have tasted better. We shed all the evil flavors into your Slurpee. <laughs> These aren't evil flavors. This is just dandruff. Mm. What a Ew. gross thing to do to me. Ew! I thought we were friends. <laughs> when uh, did you think I, that? I got a Slurpee that tasted of uh, minced beef and ice cream. I got those two flavors. Wow. Those are like, that's like Harry Potter land. Yeah. Well, it is England, so. Yeah, that's true. Slurpees, for for those of you who don't live in 
North America are just ice drinks. Yes, with, they're magic. With, uh, magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just chopped ice and and some kind of flavored syrup. It's not uh, magic. All right, it's magic. <laughs> oh, and I also picked a purple straw to go with uh, the doctor's stupid wardrobe. I'm pretty sure there's purple in there somewhere. Yeah, probably. He's got a cat pin. He does have a cat pin. That tops the whole thing off. He's wearing this ridiculous, loud, you know, crazy outfit where the pants don't match the shirt and don't match the jacket, and then little silver pin with a cat. Not really sure what that was about. Is that does that symbolize something beyond a cat or it, it looked like it was supposed to. Like they do a dramatic uh like zoom into it so you get a mm. real good look at it. Right. Apparently the it's cat like, was supposed to represent cat who walks by itself through time or something like that. I don't know. This was apparently a thing. I must have missed that episode of Red Dwarf. <laughs> Did he walk himself Colin, out? I saw Colin Baker mention it when he was on some show once. Mm. Yeah. See, now, Colin Baker seems, he seems like a decent enough actor. Yeah. It just seems like they gave him really just awful things to do. Like, that was, uh, that was one of the, that, like, I like him a lot. I thought he was doing a good job playing a real prick. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then shifting on a dime and becoming not not at all an unlikable person, yeah. and then being a little scared and like he covered all the emotional ground really well. I thought. Yes, he had all sorts of emotions. Yep, that you <laughs> know, nice. Mm -hmm. Was now I see one of those that have, have gone on to do sort of expanded universe stuff, uh, sort of like the Eighth Doctor, where you you discover there's more to him than what you saw on the screen. Like yeah, he's actually a good actor. He, he's done, he's done a lot of audios. Mm. Where are they good? good. Well, they are good, and I'm not sure if it's because they've toned him down a bit, or mm -hmm. it's because we can't see his costume. <laughs> <laughs> it could be two things. He's yeah. he's regarded amongst one of the fans' favorites, isn't he? Amongst the big Finnish audios. Yeah, really. That's nice. It's so it's nice that he's obviously not very well favored in his TV appearances, and he got a chance mm. to redeem himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's got yeah. He was, <laughs> he was, wasn't he sort of the main of the three in uh, the five-ish Doctors, that special they did? Wasn't yeah, he the he, main he, one he that was... he was the one that took up the most space, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he's not the one that aged the worst. The other, uh, shit, I don't remember which one. What, Sylvester McCoy? I, that may have been him. Or Peter still... Davison. It was Peter Davison, that's what it was, because I saw him in that Children in Need special a couple of years ago, and he looked a little older. And then in this thing, he looked hes like he suddenly aged 20 years in the last five. I think i think the six has aged the worst. Really? Know. Yeah. Because they were talking about you know getting them into the 50th anniversary thing, and I'm thinking, mm -hmm. well, you can't really play the same parts you did. No. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense that you've aged, because you've regenerated since then. See... Like, I would have been fine. Like, I don't care if they had done that. I would have loved to have seen them all in, in it anyway. You know, yeah. recast the guys who are dead, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, the guy they got to play William Hartnell in that uh, in that little documentary or, you know, docudrama mm -hmm. was actually really good. Like, yeah. they could have gotten him yeah, to just play the first good. Doctor. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of a TV show. Not many TV shows get to do that. Certainly not, not cult... No. TV shows that were made for children in the first place. No, you get your guys together, man. People want to see that. And well, but that's what that five-ish doctors thing I'm talking about was. They got, I think, except for nine, obviously, <laughs> they got all the like <laughs> yeah. all the living ones together, even even if just briefly. Well, that's pretty cool. I yeah, guess. they were all together. Yeah, they got them all, mm. yeah. except the fourth. 
Well, he was He's... in uh, he was in the actual episode, at least. And they did a joke about him. They, do you want to call Tom? No. Do you want to call Tom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they did ask him three times, but they got no reply to him. So then, eventually, uh, they decided just to use that joke. Yeah, no, that was a good was joke. Yeah, and that's I, I think I said this last time. Even though I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan, I really get into the whole legacy of it. Yeah. And that's why I, I did enjoy all that 50th anniversary stuff, even though I'm not, you know, a diehard fan. It was like, wow, you guys have been around forever. This is great. This yeah. is so, you know, respectful to the to the legacy. And I don't know. I just, I think I think all that stuff turned out really well. It reminds, it's a lot like uh, what I used to like about uh, DC Comics. It's got, it's that long, that long history, you know? Right. Exactly. The, it occurs to me that Star Trek's 50th anniversary is coming up in uh, 2016, which is yep. only like two years and a bit away. It's not mm-hmm. that not that long from now. Unless you're listening in to, it, to this in 2016, in which case, right. hey! <laughs> in which case, we've probably done two more crossovers, so go listen to those. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're listening in 2016, in, in which case, God, wasn't that movie awful? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> We just saw that they got Colin Baker in. Thomas, <laughs> real? They did go that way? <laughs> Armas. Why did they get Colin Baker to play Armas? Who wrote this thing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Perry. I don't know. Armas has a certain feckless charm. That's true. He's, I think he's pretty feck. <laughs> so, feckful. I'm a yeah. skin of fecklessness. But anyway, I can't help but notice we're not talking about the twin dilemma for some reason. We sure oh, are. We're not. <laughs> it I was know, okay. I don't know why that would be. So the so the main reason I can see that this was bad was because the doctor was just a completely unlikable prick. That, it wasn't bad. It was the so fact that he's there. a psychopath. Well, right. But I mean, that can't be the only reason that people don't like it. It's it's probably got to do with. Okay. And the twins. The twins, yes. <laughs> the twins could have completely not even been in it, and it would have been exactly the same story. Yeah, they should have just called it The Dilemma. Right. <laughs> what they did was, right, we'll get ch- children to be in it, which mm-hmm. you're already limiting the amount, you know, the good actors you can get. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and then, then you narrow it down to twins. That's even further. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're probably literally the only twin actors available. And, like, there's no reason to have to limit yourself to twins. It could just be some kid. But they yeah, wanted you... to have these weird color-coordinated kids spinning around in chairs. But they just well, wanted a... to call it the twin dilemmas. Maybe they bought the word twin and not to use it. There you go. <laughs> so the word twin is now owned by BBC. The BBC played handsomely for the word twins. I mean, I, That's I, why I they know. made that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. What, the BBC made that? Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> I'm trying to picture Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to do an English accent. That's how they could, that's how they could <laughs> I am from England. What happened was Arnold Schwarzenegger bought the word twin off, uh, off the BBC, and that's why they could afford to do the 2005 Doctor Who. Ah, that makes sense. He bought it for his brother, Armist Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole premise of, of twins was that all the good genes went into the one twin and all the bad genes went into the other one. <laughs> oh my God, you're right! So that is basically Armist. <laughs> Danny DeVito was the Armist of, I so guess, twins. here. Wow. Sorry, yeah. And then he played the penguin as Armist, basically. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, at least I don't have blood gushing out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I'm Phil's hand, remember me? <laughs> I just, I, when I think back, I've seen the twin dilemma twice now. I still don't think of the twins. It's that part of it just completely gets blocked out because it was so insignificant to the story. 
I think it was it's just, just they might as well have not even been in there. Yeah. But, but I mean, is that one of those things that the fan like? Is that another reason why this is a, a not very well liked episode? Probably that it's just not because good. They're, well, I mean, I know that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Amanda it's, watched it with me, and she said she's seen equally equally bad or worse episodes of Doctor Who than this. And she's she, a huge fan of old Doctor Who. Honestly, if I was going to analyze this for like like the worst thing about it is just the Doctor being a psychopath because everything else is. Pretty stat like I mean I actually quite like all of the makeup work on this one like the aliens all look kind of cool for well right know. it's like I said they get they definitely get inventive for the budget yeah. that they have like that's that slug with- monster's goofy as shit but he looks good that's the thing we're watching uh, our Patrick Tratton stories that we're doing now the second Doctor is even mm-hmm. if the stories are bad you've got him you know to to entertain you yeah mm-hmm. during it right but with this one <laughs> you, you can't even rely on the Doctor to be no. Well, and Perry's not not strong enough to handle it. She's just a victim the entire time. Yeah, that yeah, made me yeah. feel really lousy because yeah. I like I like her. Yeah, she's not just because she has huge tits. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I like her, but she never stands up to him. Like I can't. Like you'd think that would be a real important character thing for her is to finally stop taking his shit and like you know right. stand up to him. But she never does. All she does is just sort of simper and complain. And, and then, then cries when sec- she thinks yeah. he's dead. And when he explodes, she thinks that he's. She starts crying, which doesn't make any sense. He tried to strangle her, and like she forgives him for strangling her almost right away. What well, is happens- happening? <laughs> <laughs> and then the doctor tells her off for after straight after that, doesn't he? Yes. He says, if oh, I were right. you, why I wouldn't have felt like that. I've just tried to kill you. I tried to kill you this morning. Why would you be sad that I'm dead? I, and she's just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> How much time did she spend with the fifth doctor? Like, was she really attached to him or has she just shown she up? She was what? with him for three epistories. Really? No, 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 two. So they don't even have this deep connection. I was thinking, well, maybe she just spent years and years with the fifth doctor and that's, you know, she just has a hard time adjusting to this new one. But no, they don't even know each other that well then. No, she's just with them for two stories. But, wow. Uh, but, <laughs> but, the, but, but the big Finnish people who do the audios have, have uh, shoved in so many stories with the Fifth Doctor and Perry in between those two stories. Mm. <laughs> Were they really particularly well liked or just the actors are available? <laughs> the actors are available. <laughs> but they are liked. But, you know, it's just it's as many combinations as you can get. Right. I, uh, I wanted to do a little research because when we did... Um, the last one. I wanted to check in and sort of see what happened to uh, Ace after we finished up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to see sort of what happened to Perry. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, go ahead. Spoil it. So there's like, I think, five alternate versions of her. Mm-hmm. Half of them are dead. So two and a half of them are dead. One of, like, one of them was ambassador to somewhere and then died. Also, I kept seeing a penguin. <laughs> Oh, right, you're right, yeah. Right. In, the, so, in the TV show, show uh, we, it was part of a trial, and we were seeing a video of, of a story, and it was being interrupted, you know. Mm. And so she, in that version, she died. She, her brain was taken out, and an alien <laughs> brain was put in. Wow. It was evil, and then it was killed, and that's her dead. But then at the end of, that was her, going to be her, how she died. And then at the end of that 14 part, uh, oh God! Trial. <laughs> we could have given you that fourteen-part trial. <laughs> the, the doctor was told that was uh, because of the 
It wasn't really how it happened, and she'd actually got married inexplicably to Brian Blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly a fate um, worse than death. And become his her queen. Yeah. His queen. I will say this, it's a good thing she liked being shouted at, then. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in the comics, there was the, the, the Sixth Doctor had a companion called Frobisher, who was a shape-changing penguin. <laughs> who, that sounds you know, amazing. Who, Basically, got stuck in the, in the shape of a penguin. <laughs> so, like the TARDIS is stuck in the shape of a, a police box. Yeah. Oh, Which is Christ. a shame that they never had that in the actual show. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it kind of does. And that's that's the thing. Like, I, I know I keep trying to say your show is magic and you can do whatever you want, but really, <laughs> that's the thing I sort of ad- admire about it because Star Trek couldn't do that. No, well, it could. Armus could easily become a penguin. Yeah, but Armus wouldn't then go on adventures in time and space with someone. <laughs> As a penguin. As a hey, penguin. Hey, you guys, I'm going on adventures in time and space. As a penguin. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a little about Perry's American accent, which I actually was fooled by when she's just sort of normal conversational. It's just when she tries to emote, that's when I can really tell. Like when she gets angry or sad, which is the entire episode. (laughs) Now, the first few things she said, I was like, oh, they got an American companion. That's pretty cool. And then she talks to him and you're like, what part of America are you from? Yeah. Well, it's it's like it's like if she ever said America, she would say America. Yes, things like that. Just, just you know. I just came here from America. I sure <laughs> right. did enjoy taking the lift. And then she starts I, singing Christmas in here. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you. <laughs> I've been listening to that because it's been Christmas, and that's the only Christmas song I have. <laughs> Could be so much worse. Yes. Could be so very, very much worse. I would like to hear American Perry singing uh, Simply <laughs> Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. <laughs> Which was written by an Englishman. That's hardly fair. Yeah. The mood is right. <laughs> the spirit's up. Oh, God. I heard a Spanish Christmas song this week. That was terrible. <laughs> what was it called? I can't remember. It's it, The lyrics, it's just like... I wish you a Merry Christmas on repeat. And oh, you, uh, Feliz Navidad. That's the one. It's oh, my God, America, yeah. yeah. Yep. I believe that is... Um, it's the first time I've heard it this week. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that is uh, that guy with the ridiculous name. Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. No, uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> or for sure the Penguin. No, Jose Feliciano. <laughs> I am mistaken. I thought Jose was, Feliz Navidad. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is a that is one of those songs that there's literally two lyrics to, and they yeah. just repeat them over, and over. Yeah, be glad you don't work where I work, where they play it every. Uh, I think we're up to three minutes now. Ah, very nice. <laughs> so it's a lot like a scene from Twin Dilemma. Then. Yes, very exactly. Much. Look at that! Look at that smooth segue there. That's very good. <laughs> so at, at the end, they leave this. Uh, there, there's actually a nice little America versus England thing because it, the lieutenant, lieutenant, mm-hmm. they do that a couple of times, which I actually thought was kind of funny. Um, they they just leave him in charge and <laughs> and fuck off. Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they tear down the government, and then the doctor's just like, "All right, I think we're done here." 
Uh, my friend, I'm going to leave my friend in charge here. So no, long. He, he volunteers. He's like, uh, actually, Doctor, I'd like to stay here with my little gun and uh, you know maybe run the place a little bit. You know, yes, a little I've gun. Got, that... I've got nothing to go back to Earth for. That I don't, I, me. I, <laughs> normally, this is the part where I'd volunteer to be your new companion, but uh, you're kind of a dickhole, so I think I'll stay here with these crow yeah. people instead. He's the only. Th- he's armed with a thing that took him twenty minutes to get his shoes free from some goo. <laughs> it's not a very good weapon. <laughs> well, you know, in the land of the gunless bird people, the guy with one gun is king. <laughs> that's actually how their. Uh, that's actually how their democracy works. So. Oh, very nice. 20 yeah. minutes later, he ended up dead. <laughs> Is that what happens in the audios or just in your mind? <laughs> in my mind. No, there was ah. five versions of them, and one of them was dead, and one of them was a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them me married Brian Blessed. <laughs> Brian Blessed's just making out all over the place. Yes, with various people. <laughs> with various people. Uh, any any further things? I, wa- I wanted to talk briefly about, uh, I was doing a little back. Uh, or I was doing a little research on this too. Apparently, they wanted they wanted to trick England into thinking the chick that plays Perry actually was American. Oh yeah, I know the actress herself went on uh, talk shows and and claimed to be American. Yes, I grew up in America. <laughs> Where? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Denver. They kind of did that with Tegan, who was Australian, but she wasn't. <laughs> so weird. Uh, but, I mean, but, but but it was t- but it was the actress Janet Fielder who played Tegan who tried mm. to convince the producer she was Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Godai, Boomerai, <laughs> Didgeridoo. What where about in from Australia from? Uh, Denver. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Koala Dola Sheridan. All right, that checks out. Police never, never dad. <laughs> oh, my uncle's from there. <laughs> oh, so you're pretend you're not, Australian too. <laughs> wait a minute, you're not from Scotland at all. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the episode does end exactly the way I say, with with um, what's his name looking directly into the camera and saying, "I'm the Doctor, whether you like it or not." Well, not not directly into the camera. That was well, the, but, that was the story before. Okay. But where still. he just regenerated and looked directly into the camera. And it's said, still very uh, clear that he's telling the audience, yeah. fuck you, I don't care if you like me or not. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, crap, they fired me. <laughs> well, he's, he's there for two years. Oh, really? And then uh, when, he, when he regenerates into Sylvester McCoy, they just put a blonde curly wig on Sylvester McCoy <laughs> <laughs> and, get, and do the regeneration that way. Nice. Oh, that's that right, because he was so mad that they'd uh, they'd fired him. Yeah, he said he would come back to do one story, but he wouldn't just regenerate at the start. Mm. You know, he wouldn't come in just to regenerate. Right, and that's all they wanted. So, now is Colin Baker related to Tom Baker? No, no. No, is they're just the one... both bakers. Yes, a lot of <laughs> a lot of bakers. Very baker heavy. I made some bread for you, <laughs> but you can't have any because fuck you. <laughs> I can't count to 12. I always do 13 instead. I made some bread for you, but I'm going to eat it and not get fat. I'm going to throw oh, it on the floor so no one can have You're it. too stupid to enjoy it. <laughs> okay. There was, there was another bit where the bird people get into the managed to get into the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you see them, the guy with They're a crappy gun gets them out of the TARDIS like two minutes up. What was the what was the point of them going in there? 
Well, I, I covered that briefly in my synopsis where it took them a really long time to even find the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> Were they just trying to pod the episode? It, it feels like they needed to, to give that. the Doctor time to do his thing, and so the other characters had to just go away for a while. I should have borrowed the Doctor's keys and then just hit the uh, the door open button over and over again until they could follow the beeping sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I uh, that's that's pretty much all I had. What about you? Mike? I think that's everything I wanted to touch on. Very well. It's um, like again, I the episode itself was bad, but I enjoyed like I en- I guess I really enjoy sort of the universe I, of Doctor Who. Yeah, I think you like that world. I think yeah. you like the just the weird. You know, here's monsters planting slug eggs that will explode with their sun. <laughs> yeah, like that was a, that was a great sort of. A cheesy, pulpy kind of monster plot. I did like that. Mm-hmm. It but wouldn't have worked as well was... if they'd just gone to a warehouse and stolen a thousand microwaves. Right, exactly. <laughs> or posted them in raw mail around the universe. <laughs> then they would have gotten lost. To or... the sun. <laughs> <laughs> just one to each sun. That makes total sense. They could have put them in that, uh, n- that nuclear missile that... Uh, like Sleuther had in Superman 4, and then the super- Superman would have thrown it into the sun. Advancing yeah. to the Superman 4 references. Yeah. You know what's, uh, you know what's I, great about Superman 4? Nothing. <laughs> oh, come on. Lex Luthor's nephew, Lenny? Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, no. great stuff, man. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt, you got a quote? I do indeed have a quote. Here is my quote. But where's the mucus? Very nice. <laughs> I thought so. Mine is not even really that funny, but we both just started laughing at it a lot. <laughs> I think it's the delivery. It's it's definitely the delivery. We've made that possible. Our genius has been abused. Our genius has been exploited. <laughs> that combined with the fact that the twins actually look like what I imagine Nick looks like, so... <laughs> Twin Nick. Oh, oh. God. Hello, Winnikins. There's well, two of me. And the fact that the guy, the old guy that was with them had a had a butler named Edgeworth. Yep. Very good, sir. I mean, yeah, you, you basically got that same setup there. And now so the adventures the next... of twins and Edwa- Edgeworth. <laughs> next is, the next plot for Nick and Wellikins is going to be a twin. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no, thankfully we already did that. Here we go again. <laughs> So I was reading, apparently Edgeworth was supposed to be an old friend of the Doctor's that we'd previously seen, but the writer fucked it up. Really? Do you, yeah, it was something along those lines where they tried to say that he'd met him before, and it turns out that there's no way he could have the way he wrote it, or something something along those lines. Well, the writer was trying to be clever and failed. His, his <laughs> it, would Tom, it would have been Tom Baker at the time. Mm-hmm. Because well, he says he's regenerated twice since he saw him last. Yeah. But yeah, apparently... Apparently, the, the writer was trying to be clever with it and, and failed horribly. <laughs> but um, that, you know, that's that sounds about right, given the rest of the episode. But you can't imagine Tom Baker's doctor just getting right royally pissed, can't you? Or drunk, as you may know. <laughs> um, yeah, I can, actually. Hmm. Or rather, I'm just picturing Tom Baker getting drunk. Maybe not the actual <laughs> character. Or, or rather, I'm just picturing Tom Baker, which seems like he's drunk. Right. He does, doesn't he? A little bit, but in a fun way. Yes. In a, you know, not in a, like, alcoholic beat your kids way, and just no, sort no, no, of no, a no, fun way. strangle your companion way. Right, exactly. It's like, who wants a hug? Yeah. <laughs> like a lovable drunk. Yes. Like the Gavs. Come here, I love you. Come, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm Tom Baker. <laughs> is, that, is that how we know? Yes. Very well. It doesn't even have an English accent. Just, I'm Tom Baker. <laughs> I'm Captain Picard. I got stuck in my scarf. <laughs> I'm sad now. Are there are there any further points that you two feel we should be covering? Because I feel like we got most of it. But, uh... No? No? Nothing got... I can't Very think well. of anything that's not being covered. All right. We just can't think of anything, can we? Oh, well, one, one want... last thing yes. before we go. <laughs> I love that the first thing the doctor does when he decides to go into exile is say he has to find a cave to live in. Uh, Where yes. on earth... <laughs> Will does the doctor ever find a cave? <laughs> did you did you want to talk about the science in the chat? Uh, not particularly. Uh, <laughs> how likely are giant slugs to pointing out some errors? But how likely are giant slugs to exist? Uh, so none, none like giant. And <laughs> Not well, it's not like the giant is. insect thing with the uh, exoskeletons that can't support, you know, like there's no bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the real reason we didn't like this. We didn't like the web planet because there are insects in it, and we didn't like this because there was a giant slug. Ugh, so gross. We just hate insects and slugs. Well, slugs, I can understand. They're just like, slugs. Like They're snails, so too. gross, man. Slugs and snails can fuck right off. Yes! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> you know, that's good eating for some people. No! I'll eat I it. just I always go back to the uh, cooked in garlic. I'm fine eating them <laughs> with enough garlic. I'll eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat Armis with enough garlic. <laughs> well, then fuck is eating. I can't plants, believe I'm. So. I can't believe wow. I'm still being eaten. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, presumably it's just like chicken skin. Yeah. That suddenly seemed that that made it seem more disgusting to me for some reason, and no, it was meant to to be less. Yeah, and I've eaten chicken skin. Yes, many times. Yeah, chicken skin is right. the best. Yes, right. Yes, it is. Just throw the rest of the chicken away. Just, <laughs> oh, yes. just skin the chicken and let it wander around. Yep, it's cruelty free that way, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds cruelty that free. One. I like that. Yeah. Be free poultry. <laughs> All right, we got some mail here to answer. Um, we did indeed. Do you guys have any for uh, for DTT? We we've been accumulating it for like the past twelve weeks or however long it's been since we last did a supplemental. So uh. no, nobody wants to talk to us. You <laughs> <laughs> answer yours as you go. So that's you know that's different. Very well. This will you be want a very hug? Start- Jesus. <laughs> hey, I write so to you from time to time. I'm so sad. He's lying. It's fine. Uh, so this, so the mail's definitely going to have a bit of a Star Trek-y slant to it then. So uh, here we go. Let's see. This one comes from Stephen Kennett, and he says, Hi, Algar Matt, and possible guest. Well, there's two guests, Stephen. Yeah. Hello. You rude jerk. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're a lovely person. How are you? You're I'm a lovely fine. jerk. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm still feeling a little doctory there. I want to strangle this guy, then I want to, you know, hug him. <laughs> then I'm scared of him. And then I want to throw a potion at him. Right, a potion. Yes. <laughs> uh, he says, quick question. Is the Traveler a Q? If he is, that could explain why the Continuum was so interested in humans, especially the Enterprise, since a human, Wesley, was evolving into a Traveler or a Q. Since the Qs are time-traveling beings, they know what humanity becomes. Maybe they traveled back to when Q- the first Q started evolving to teach Wesley how to become a Q or even a Beta Q. 
At the end, is that what Q is telling Picard? That's why they're testing humanity to push them to evolve and worthy to join the Continuum or form the Continuum? <gasps> why? If you could travel back in time and teach yourself the skills you use now, your early shows would be great and you could only improve from there. Then travel back in time again. Rinse, repeat, and then you too are a Q. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to live in a universe where a guy who kills a guy gets supreme dominion over space and time. I, I'm trying to follow along you with this, and I just guy. keep getting headaches. I killed a guy? When did I kill a guy? You, you strangled that companion. Oh, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> you strangled that Wesley. Oh, well, he did kill a guy. That was self-defense. That's true. What were you going to say, Matt? I don't remember now. I got, kind of, I got kind of lost in this uh I think, I think he's just trying to say the Travelers and Qs are the same, and that's mm. why the Traveler has such interest in Wesley's, because he's going to become a Q. Well, can I, I answer mean, his uh, first question? Yes. Is the Traveler a Q? Uh-huh. Uh, no. He's a Traveler. <laughs> that sort of negates the rest of the questions, then. My, my, uh, my only question is, if the Traveler is a Q and he can look like anything, why would he look like that? That's a good point. <laughs> why, would, why would he look like a Bruni? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this question comes from English Gav, and he says, Damn it, I've, I've apparently missed the supplemental question submit date, haven't I? Yes. Apparently. Have you just answered your own question? <laughs> yes. You, you like Do, doing that, don't you? The Do actual you? question was, oh, yes. out of all of TNG, what is your most memorable quote? Ooh. Oh, um... Yeah, yeah, don't send it in so they have time to think about it. Just just yeah. them live on air. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, there's the ones that we've repeated a lot because they're so terrible, they're funny, like... Uh, I scared Jordy. Or they'll, they'll have sex at the drop of a hat. Any hat. Um, um, as far as serious quotes, I don't know. There are four lights is a pretty solid one. I'm a big fan of uh, this brings an end to your little trek through the stars. I'm not as much a fan of that. One. I am. I like that. I, I do like your entire species started in this puddle of goo. <laughs> I even made a reference to that in my. Uh, I know. In yours. I like the uh, a plot a ploy to start a war. Yes. Yep. That's that, a good one. That's another one we use a lot. Those are separate. M- mine's a wolf quote. Is it? Yeah. What is it? Uh, I'm not sure what episode it is. I totally thought you were just saying Atch. <laughs> I loved when Worf said Atch. Yeah. But what did, when he, he, what says, did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Yeah, go, go. You can do this. Come on. Do it. Uh, it says, uh, if, uh, if winning isn't important, then why keep score? Thank you. Uh, that's not a bad one, actually. That's good. I don't remember. I do remember the quote because I can. I can hear it in my head, like Michael Dorn saying it. My favorite Worf quote is, "I took fourth place." <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Worf quote is, "I scare Jordy." <laughs> <laughs> favorite Worf quote is, "Alexander shamed his family by stealing a small plastic dinosaur," <laughs> which, which, like, beam me up, Scotty, and I'm not going back, Jim. Never actually said. No, I lied. That's my favorite line. <laughs> Uh, and of course, my favorite Alexander line is "Ow, stop!" <laughs> no, father, not again. <laughs> ah, so what you're saying is Perry from the Twin Dilemma is Alexander. Poor Alexander. Uh, easily swapped. Poor Perry. Uh, what a horrible thing. And now you can just imagine the six doctors strangling Alexander. <laughs> yeah. Why you still, little? I've stopped looking down his shirt now, though. That's the yeah. thing. Probably for the best. Yeah, probably. 
Uh, next one comes from John Wiggins. Uh, subject, Odo. Why he has limited transforming abilities. Yeah, let's see here. I always figured since he has no idea where he came from, he must suffer from memory loss and thus has limited objects he can transform to. I, I don't... I can't... I, did he get amnesia? Uh, Are we in that I kind of a show? The, I, where, I always like, thought the idea I that do, he could remember where he was from was because he was so young when it happened. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that he lost his memory. I don't think he had any memory. Yeah. People I don't think we're on... amnesia, though. On Star Trek? Well, in that uh, TNG episode, they all had limited amnesia. Oh, right, with what's-his-face, uh... Clue, no, not clues. Yes, yeah, good old Clue. Good old uh, Kieran McDuff. There you go. Yeah. That's one of those names like Burling Rasmussen that I just can't forget. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I just... DS9's not that kind of show where someone hits their head and forgets their entire past or, but you know... But also hates all women, so... Sudden, yeah, suddenly their evil twin wakes up out of a coma or, you know, not quite that kind of show. Well, in a recent DS9 episode we just covered, didn't Odo say that they don't really grow up? That's just... true. Yeah, that's that's what he told so, uh, Loxana, that yeah. he just became what he is now from what he yeah. was before. Or I presume yeah. he just spent most of his time with Kardashians, and he just really hasn't had the time to practice or something. Or maybe it just doesn't matter to him. Maybe, you know, oh, this is yeah. good enough. People get the idea. Yeah. This is where my eyes yeah. are. This is where my mouth is. Shut you know up. what? It's fine. Yep. Yeah, because later on, whenever he meets the people who he... Uh, it's friends with. It's friends. It's friends with. <laughs> <laughs> they find out that he, uh, he he hasn't really, you know, done much shape changing. No, there's and actually there's other a, things. There's a whole arc where he starts uh, working out in his quarters to become a better shapeshifter. It's just right. lazy. Yes, there you go. So is he a gaff? So so he's a calf. I think no, because then he it, needs it to drink cost beer. It turn into a liquid every sixteen hours. It's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish I could turn into a liquid every 16 hours. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Whereas Armas has to turn into Odoo every 16 hours. <laughs> hey, guys, um, I quark! <laughs> uh, next one comes from Michael Woodhead. All right. He says... Uh, he thanks me for recommending some good uh, Star Trek books. Well, you're welcome. And sorry, I'm I'm trying to paraphrase here. Uh, you have tempted me to write some of my own reviewing type coverage of sci-fi, uh, just text though. Currently thinking of what to cover first as a tester. Also something I, which I loved and think has a bad rep. Jerry Anderson's Space Precinct. Maybe I'm remembering it fondly as I was young. The intro tells you all you need to know. Is this a show you guys are familiar with? I'm aware of it because yeah, this guy's from the I've UK. So a few I thought episodes. Is it yeah. terrible? I don't remember it being terrible. <laughs> yeah, but you don't remember being terrible. You don't remember Stargate being terrible either. So. <laughs> Stargate was never terrible. It was. I watched it for two series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, he's asking for advice on uh, on how to do this sort of thing that we do, and I think something you love that has a bad rap isn't a bad place to start. No, I prefer working with like. Like when I do my cartoon things, I, things that I know aren't very good, but I have sort of a sentimental attachment anyway. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we're we're doing something now that covers both of those, I would say. Yeah. Star Trek can be amazing, and it can be just really, really awful. Yeah. And I think you guys have the same thing going on with, with Doctor Who. Yeah, very much so. And, mm. uh, and, and it's great because anyone who listens to you for more than a week realizes, oh, you, you don't hate this. 
you just you hate it when it's bad. Yeah. We we there's one person who started listening to the show. I guess they met us in Portland, which was very cool. And um they were leaving comments on the website like you could, why you, why do you do this? You clearly don't like Star Trek. Like <laughs> no, we we love Star Trek. I we must be doing this wrong if people think that. We we wouldn't have done this for 4 years or however the hell long we've been doing this if we didn't like Star Trek. Yeah. We have better things to do. I could be playing video games. There's a new Batman game out that I haven't beaten yet. Apparently, uh, isn't the greatest. Uh, so far, it's okay. <laughs> I get to beat up guys and break their hands. It's fucking awesome. Are you playing the Sixth Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to see that curly hair sticking out of the bat cowl. Oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> no, he keeps and it under there, just like Spider-Man. Oh god, how does that work? If I can download an alternate chicken costume for him. There you go. <laughs> Well, and skin it. <laughs> mm, chicken skin. This chicken costume is delicious. <laughs> this guy also says, if, you are, if you're ever invited to a con in England, well, we're not really invited to cons. We're not quite that big yet, but uh, that'd be nice. Or attempted to go, let me know. Well, I'm letting you know, I am tempted to go to England. Yes, I would love to go to England. <laughs> yeah, especially since the Gav gave me cola cubes and now... Uh, and we have real chocolate as well. Yeah, so I've heard. I've been enjoying your uh, daily struggles with American candy. I didn't realize it would be quite so popular. <laughs> Just saying, I'm eating this chocolate. Yeah, you're, you're leaving us wanting more because you don't actually tell us what you think of it. <laughs> I find it's better that way. I've run out anyway. Aw. That doesn't mean I want more. So you're getting more. <laughs> well, now I know what I'm mailing to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's a gift, so you have to be polite and eat it. <laughs> Just open the door to a giant wooden crate full of M&M's. <laughs> um, I don't know. In general, though, would you guys have any particular... Um, I, mean, I'm, I just wanted to approach this in sort of a broad sense. You've been doing this for two years. We've been doing it for three. Mm. Do you have any advice for people who want to do this kind of thing? I, I, I know I went a little serious here, but really, I, I get this question from time to time. How do you stick with it? How do you get the format so smooth? How do you make it sound so conversational? Practice, yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we practice. Yeah, we, we we record. We we have the microphone, but don't, don't turn it on. Um, <laughs> just you, do it with someone who you are fine talking with. <laughs> you know, I you love almost you said you like. I love you yeah, desperately I'm trying not to say that in front of him. Yep. <laughs> well, do do it with a friend. There we go. Do it, call your friend. God. Do it with the person sure you enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, what you want to do. Yeah, well, that's just that's just advice for everything, really. Isn't yeah. It? Well, just, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Even even when we watch bad episodes, it's still fun yeah. to it's, tear it's, them yeah, apart. Still the characters, still the characters you like, still the you know. And stick to space. it. There's almost always something there to like, which is why we do the good thing, bad thing. Because mm. even in the worst episode, there's almost always something we can find that isn't completely terrible. Yeah. And getting the formula down, that you got to work at. If you go back to our early. Uh, uh, oh yeah, the first episodes of the the original yeah, series. We, we were still trying to. We didn't have any kind of uh, like. No, the way we would we used to do it was we would watch and IM each other while we were watching. Yeah, and just basically use those IMs as notes when we recorded. Yeah, but we and used to. Yeah, we used to. We used to watch the episode first. Uh -huh. Just before we were going to record and write the synopsis while we were watching the episode. <laughs> wow. Strange yeah, that's what I'm saying. We didn't yeah. even write them. We just sort of tried to. <laughs> yeah. Win. Tried to form a, a, a synopsis on the notes that we yeah. had just made. Now, if you go back, if you listen to my uh, 
my off-the-cuff summary of the man trap. Terrible. <laughs> You've got a particular one that just sits I hate with that. You, huh? I hate that one. Like, I won't listen to that episode again, because it's so bad. I haven't listened to anything. Well, I mean, I edit them, so I hear them twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but no, I, haven't I'm listened. I haven't listened to anything since it was, since I've edited it. I, I can definitely say as an outsider that you guys have improved as as you go, and it's the mm-hmm. same reason. It's because you, yeah. you practice, your, your, your chemistry well, gets better. changing the format. Well, yeah, slightly. which is good. We yeah. do the same thing, and we do the same thing on our other show. It just it keeps it interesting, and it, it you figure out what works, and that's what you use. Yeah, there's sort of a natural selection to it, where you have a lot of elements, and then you sort of weed it down to the ones that work, and then you grow those and make them better. Mm-hmm. And, and then I accidentally introduce new ones. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also good. Those are mutations. <laughs> yeah. And it also helps that Doctor Who changes a lot anyway. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, same with us in Star Trek. Like, we're never stuck with the same crew for more than a couple of years. We're yeah. always going to be able to move on to the next thing. So, I mean, yeah. as much as we complain as, about Voyager, it will end at some point. <laughs> we have to believe that. And then Enterprise will be a new thing, even if that's, again, a bad show. It's it's something different. So there's that. You know, I think I'll watch when we get to Enterprise. I'm not watching Voyager anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you've already done that, so yeah, that's that's. I, you I paid it. <laughs> you paid your dues. I, I did enjoy a lot of Enterprise. Uh, I don't think I finished it. I just, I think because the schedules or something, I, it it just got lost in me watching. I don't think I actually watched the end of it. Yeah, that'll be my excuse too. But you like Stargate. I only watched the first season or so of Enterprise, so really my my opinion isn't entirely formed yet. But I have a feeling it's not going to be very good. Just because it's run by the same people that ran Voyager. Damn you, Braga! Yeah. But you've been surprised before. I have. I definitely have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, series 3 of the original series. Yeah. Yep. And Series Lots 7? Yep. Season seven is the one that I thought was all bad. The, the the thing is, there were some of the worst episodes they did. I was right about that. Yeah, but, but the there episodes were, quite that were good, good were fucking in. great. Yeah, they were. It just it went to serious extremes in season seven. Yeah. Whereas I thought it was all bad before that. All right, moving forward uh, from Arissa, mm. and she says, "Hey, dudes, this is in regard to your Jordy, a writer. What?" But you went into a couple paragraphs after you went into the Daily Equals Sherlock Holmes bit. So if Data is Sherlock Holmes, who might Jordy be? That is a writer. So I, I guess what she's getting at is when we did the finale, mm-hmm. when we did all good things, Jordy was a novelist, and we were a little puzzled by that because it didn't yeah. really seem like something came to be into. And what she's saying is, well, if you know, if you're going with the Sherlock Holmes parallel, that Data is Sherlock, therefore, Jordy would be the other guy. Watson. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's him. Uh, I personally doubt that the creators thought about Sherlock Holmes quite so much as the average Tumblr user does, or the average <laughs> me. Yeah. But that said, that is a fine defense of that situation. She totally gets a no prize for that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. She says, anyway, I've been listening to you guys since sometime during the original series, and I adore you greatly. I've even re-listened to your podcasts because they're like a warm, fuzzy blanket while I'm doing art. Please continue being awesome. That's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, I love getting mail like that. Aw. (laughs) Do you need a minute, Matt? I think I do. (laughs) Very well. Uh, next one comes from our friend Dan. No, I'm not done having my minute yet. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> next one comes from our friend Dan from Australia. Uh, and he's got a couple of no prize type explanations here. All right. Uh, why does Odo get na- knocked down but doesn't get up again because <laughs> nothing should keep him down? <laughs> 
My theory is that Odo, having been around humans a lot and also being a terrible shape changer, I mean, his own race make fun of him, have made himself as human as possible, meaning he can be knocked out because he makes a facsimile of brains in that area and thus has that human weakness. If only he went to shape changer school, none of this would have happened. Yeah, I buy that as much as anything. Sort of what we talked about before, like when he becomes a human, just how human does he become? Oh, so he doesn't want to spend the uh, effects budget too much. Well, right. But, I mean, we've seen him at least once get hit with a rock and fall unconscious. Get hit with a rock. Well, that's what happened. Are we sure he got hit with a rock? Are we sure he didn't get hit with the ground? (laughs) Well, I guess I'll have to go back and watch again and and realize that it was the ground after all. It was the ground. It was the ground. (laughs) But in any case, he got knocked unconscious. And we're like, why are his brains in his head? That's silly. Was he actually unconscious? Uh, Yes. Is he just pretending? Oh, that's true. He could have been. He could have just been pretending. Mm, Keep I, opening up one eye. If I was human, I would have been knocked out. So I'm just going to lie down on the floor for a bit. This would be a good chance to take a nap. <laughs> but when he takes a nap, he turns liquid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you, Quark. He was in the Gamma Quadrant at that point. I don't think he was watching Quark. I'm watching you, Quark. <laughs> he left one of his eyes behind. Yes, I'm making up things for you to do, Quark. <laughs> And uh, Dan also has a theory as to why O'Brien was teaching school, but uh, I think it's funnier just to assume that Keiko made him. Get to work, Miles! <laughs> Don't I have uh, enough to do? I'm trying to keep this place not falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. My, um, Keiko versus Armus, who wins? Uh, I don't think even, even Armus can defeat Keiko. <laughs> There's no ground hard enough. Armus is Keiko. Of course! Ooh. Miles! <laughs> <laughs> he managed to get off the planet and then took the form of Keiko just to, just to annoy the people on TNG, but then he just decided to get married to O'Brien and then every 16 hours become Odo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Things are getting complicated over on Deep Space Nine. This is I need one of those boards like the question had in the JLU cartoon that like connects all these little things. Armist to aglets? What? <laughs> Their real purpose is sinister. <laughs> and it's uh, a mind of an autistic child, of course. Oh no. Um this one comes from Brian, not our regular guest Brian, but another Brian. Uh, so when I first wrote in, I was worried I'd be able to keep up with the schedule of two DS9 episodes a week. Due to some slight downtime at work, I've now watched all the way through season four. <laughs> I'm just amazed how this good, how good this show is. How could I have ignored it for so long? Uh, and he goes on about a specific episode. Uh, so basically he's just thanking us for setting him on the right path, he says. Well, you're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. And he's asking me if a Masterpiece Soundwave is worth getting. Yes, it absolutely is. That's the fancy transformer that mm. I got. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Mel. And she says, hello, I just started listening to Pa a few weeks ago, and I've just gotten to the original series movies. These people are blowing through these episodes, which is fantastic. Uh, so hopefully this hasn't been brought up since. While you were going through the original series, you said about how it would be great if they did a Christmas episode where they had to teach Spock the meaning of Christmas. And I recently found they were planning to do one or actually filmed it, but decided not to show it. I think they probably didn't film it. (laughs) It involves Spock being confused by an elf and Santa being controlled by a computer, which Kirk, doing what he does best, explodes with illogic to free the Christmas folks. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I think that I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that might be a hoax. (laughs) It just sounds like something 
someone would write now for what would be a Christmas episode back then. Right. It, what it what seems... did Star Trek do? It had Spock and Kirk doing a logic on a computer. Yeah, that's, let's just write an episode around that. Um, she goes on with a very specific uh, uh, detailed description of it, which I'll put in the show notes. And she says, anyway, really enjoying the show so far. Um, I can't say as I remember even saying that we wish there would be a Christmas episode. It seems like something we would, seems like something Matt would say. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I kind of want to see if this is real. I kind of want to see that fact. new, that new, yes, yes bad facts. Exactly. Yeah. That uh, new voyages, the fan made films, they should do it. They're doing some really ridiculous. Did you know, um, Denise Crosby is playing Tasha Yar's grandmother. In an episode of the New Voyages, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That is the thing that's happening. How'd that movie career work out for you, Denise Crosby? Pretty good, huh? Apparently. Wow. He didn't and the even thing know is, though, those... Crosby is. It turns, out, it turns out it's a fairy, and before it was before it was good, it was evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's a twin dilemma reference. Oh, nice for the people at home. Uh, well, who else would it be for? What if they're in their cars? Oh, Go home and listen to this. It's not for them. <laughs> ah, very well. <laughs> they can turn off. <laughs> Fuck those people. And resume when they get up. <laughs> we only want you listening to our podcasts in your home. Nowhere else. Uh, this one comes from Scott Zioko. This one actually applies to all the series. I was kind of kind of racing to this one because we, we all get to discuss it instead of just listening to me. <laughs> Uh, which incarnations of the Doctor would work best with each Star Trek series? Example, do you think Tom Baker would work best with Kirk, David Tennant on DS9, etc.? Sorry, I didn't use Doctor numbers as my hoo-foo is still rather weak. Do you guys have strong hoo-foo? I'm, I'm 10 on the hoo-foo scale. I've only got a... Uh, to 11. Uh, I'm slightly below Army on the uh, <laughs> hoo-foo scale. Hoo-foo. Yeah. I got a white belt with two pips and hoo-foo. <laughs> I have zero pips. I have one. I have one cat badge. <laughs> oh, very nice. It changes every episode. Episode. <laughs> yes, it does actually. Yes, for that's some, what I read. For some reason. For some reason. <laughs> I actually in the uh, in the the crossover comic that we discussed that I think we all agreed wasn't as good as it could have been. Nope. I rather liked the Tom Baker Kirk stuff. I thought. Yeah, that was I the only. Those went together well. That was the only good thing about that uh, that that crossover. I think they. They work well together. Like, I think it's the same sort of aesthetic, that same sort of bright colors running around having adventures kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, just... them two did work well together in that one. Mm. And I personally we... would want to see Nine on, on DS9, and not just because of the Nines, but, you know, because they're both my favorite. Basically. Yeah, no, that would, be very, that would be really cool. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Seven on DS9. How come? But... But then maybe that's just because they're, they're my favorite. Because they're my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to see eight oh. on this space now? Oh, uh, McCoy facing against the uh, Cardassians. Yeah. That'd be awesome. He, he can manipulate them. Ooh, I think he does everything. I like yeah, if he's a big manipulator, then, that, then putting him against somebody like Garrick would be fantastic. Mm. Have a battle of wills there. Or, oh, 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 the sixth Doctor uh, on Voyager. <laughs> just to punish them. <laughs> just you just want everyone to get strangled. Look out! He's strangling Janeway and Chakotay. Yeah. Oh no! It's a damn shame. <laughs> Harry Kim's like, we all move dead. up in rank. Yeah, until he's pushed into a vat of acid. Mister Chakotay, <laughs> your your face tattoo is stupid. 
<laughs> now I shall become a hermit in the Delta Quadrant. And you shall come with me, Harry Kim. <laughs> Maybe the War Doctor would be good on DS9, because... It's oh, that yeah, during, yeah. during the war. During <laughs> yeah. the war. That's, um... Brilliant. All the connections we're making are so just surface and obvious, but, you know. What if the war doctor was in, you know, a war? Yeah. Ooh, damn. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> or, or the because third doctor could be on Deep Space Nine. I'm not familiar with the third. Like I... John Perfect, because he was, uh... Because he kind of worked for units, so he could kind of work... For Starfleet? For, for Starfleet. <laughs> and, and he's used to staying in one place all the time. He is, you're quite right. Because he, he, he didn't get to travel because his... Uh, the ability, broke? Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't break. It was stopped, stopped from working. Yeah, time lords time time banned him. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, no uh, time travel for you. Yeah, that's what they did. Now you're just so, a lord. What was the real reason for that? Had they completely run out of money at that point? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think, I think it was because they thought it would be cheaper. But it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to have dinosaurs invading London and stuff. You always had to have dinosaurs invading London. That that's sounds good, in, that's that's something incredible. That sounds okay. Not yeah. in the show. Well, not on the show. It was just in in reality when they were making the program. Yeah, in 1968 invading. or whatever, they yeah. were just dinosaurs. Yeah, that tends to happen. I read about that in school. Did you? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Did you learn a lot about London in school? Yeah. Oh. Canadian right. school, remember? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, the problem is, like, I, I, I'm i just looking at sort of all the obvious surface things, and I can't, like, like we haven't mentioned anything about uh, Next Gen yet. Like, who would be best I want to see Gen? Picard play the flute with the flute doctor. Ooh, yeah, that'd be good. And then Ooh, Al can yes. cry. No, <laughs> I doubt I'll... I would cry. No, you'll cry. No, I won't. I don't cry at everything. <laughs> you cry at every flute. Well, that's, that's why we wrote that song, Cry Every Flute. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I'm thinking uh, Fifth Doctor. Fifth was... TNG. Celery. Peter Davis. Celery. Do you have two key words for each one? Yes, actually, I do. Celery. Old guy. sort of seriousness to compliment Picard. Old guy. Other old guy. Mohair. Shemp Doctor. Uh, scarf, Celery, Psycho, uh, Umbrella. Uh, That's pretty good. Victorian, uh, Ears, uh, 3D Glasses, Bowtie, uh, New Guy. Sweary one, Guy. Which one's Victorian? Uh, eight? Eight? Oh. Nine. Eight. Yes, eight. Eight. Movie that Doctor. Was, that was a Wild Bill Hitler costume. Is that what that was? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> huh. What did he wear in the uh, in the little short that they put him in? So a cross between that and uh, something good. <laughs> I like that short. No, that was good. I, I watched it. I'm like, oh, English guy's gonna be really awesome. excited. He's doing something. How many times have you watched it now, guys? Best thing that's ever happened. Though, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew it. And it was what ten minutes long. <laughs> Seven minutes. Something. Is that all? Eight, is that it? all you could last? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, I really like that. I uh, I really enjoyed the whole uh, 50th anniversary episode, and I've only seen, like, a handful of Doctor Who stuff. Well, yeah, it's it's like I was saying before, I'm I'm curious, with Star Trek's coming up, I hope they do something 
that good. Like, as good as all this Doctor Who stuff. Oh, you'd have to pay Shatner to stay out of it, so... Uh, they'll probably do, they'll probably, the movie will probably come out then, won't it? Yeah, but the movie would have come out anyway. Yeah, well, that'll be it. Because like, Star I hope Trek they do 6, some... all they did for the... Was it 25th? It was Star Trek 6. Yeah, yeah, it was. But, uh, I don't know, 50 is a big deal. That's important. Yeah, it is. Well, Half a century. Doctor Who set the uh, president now. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. You got you got that. Have to uh, do something now. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if they could get a TV show back in the air, they could do something. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I still think they should do an animated series of some kind. Mm. That way, it would be different enough from the movies, and you could get any voices you wanted. Yep. And, you no know, budget. Yeah. So Simon yeah. Pegg could do various voices. Yes. Of course. Just like James Doohan did before him. He could play all of Tasha Yar's family. That way Denise yes. Crosby can't. Yeah. They'll open they could, the No Denise's Club. Yes. They could hire her so they could, she could just come in and watch someone else doing her voices. Yep. <laughs> She's in a soundproof booth where she can see what's going on in the next studio. So you can't hear her cry. You stay in here until you tell her, until you write down exactly what's wrong with Sela. Yeah. <laughs> it could be soundproof and airproof. That would Ooh. be fine. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked before about what a what a great crossover between uh, a Trek and DS Nine. Like I think we covered this last time, or not specifically DS Nine. Any any uh, any, any Star Trek? Yes, any who? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, between between Doctor Who and Star Trek, we've we've talked about like what would be a good crossover, and we all decided it wouldn't be that comic. No. No. But. But, I mean, it seems like there's so much there that you could do with all the different Doctors, with all the different, you know, I uh, mean, crews. honestly, your best bet would be, if you were going to do a comic or whatever, would be, like, every issue is a different Doctor and a different uh, crew. Yeah. That's what, that's what I assumed it was going to be before, Yeah, you know, I read it. It would be a different, yeah, different, yeah, and sort of an overarching story, but... Right, a different Doctor yeah. and different crew in each one. They've done they've done some novels like that yeah. where they start the story in the original series and they they thread it through all of yeah. them. Yeah, and I mean you could move out from just like the TV show crews if you wanted to, uh, you know, fill up some more. Or I guess you could do uh, original series and then movie era. Well, that's true. Uh, crew. I think the four of us should write it. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I think we already have a better idea than they had in the first place. Yep. Right, so the crown crew's going to be in it then, yeah. Well, of course. Of course. And the candy man. Yep. <laughs> we'll combine the two. Yes. Okay. It's called the crank core man. And, then, and, and the floor will be very sticky. Right, because well, of Armus. It would have to be. <laughs> Everyone keeps getting their feet stuck in Armus. <laughs> Somebody's got to lie down. Yeah, of course. I think we've got something here. All right, and at the last... end, uh, Perry fucks Ace. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> hmm? Uh-huh. That, can, that can be Sorry. the cliffhanger. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. What? <laughs> you were thinking in Tumblr terms, I think. <laughs> Are you shipping? Stop shipping. No. Well, Don't shipping. look at me. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, final piece of mail comes from our old friend Richard. He has uh, written to us a few times with some music, original music that he's composed. And he's done another one. Apparently it's a Keiko song. All right. I have not heard this. I deliberately, like, waited till now to hear this for the first time. So, uh. Here we go. The terror of the Enterprise and Deep Space Nine is way. She took our favorite guy and made his life a living hell. She'll fill your ears with pain and then she'll fill your days with strife. She's Keiko O'Brien, Miles O'Brien's terrible, horrible wife. 
she knows the names of all the plants and how they live and grow. When Miles comes home late, she really puts on quite a show. She'll fill your ears with pain and then she'll fill your days with strife. She's Keiko O'Brien, Miles O'Brien's terrible, horrible wife. Richard. I, I really have nothing more to say. Oh that my is, god! Yeah. He, I'm going to make that. He sent us a couple of songs as well. Oh, very nice. What did, what did he send you? He sent this one with Dalek Steve before, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that oh, one. He sent a Dalek Steve one. And, and then, then recently it's just been a, he's been sent a DTT a, jingle. Yeah. Ooh. With, 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 with jingle beer sounds. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, nice. Well done. I, I meant to ask you guys: Are either of you drinking any particular beer for the occasion, or just uh, it's just no, it's just carling. Ah, it's just cheap beer from shop. Was it good? <laughs> Did you go to the shop? Yes, I inexplicably went to the shop. <laughs> inexplicably went to the shop. All right, guys. Any any final thoughts? Anything we we left out here? Anything you want to say to the people? Uh, soupy twist. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say well, soupy twist. No, you gotta you gotta say the you gotta say Matt's thing first. Matt, uh, it's goodbye from you. All right, so it's goodbye from Al. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, now you guys do the Matt thing. Okay, keep watching the skis. <laughs> <laughs>